Go ahead and go to the book of John this evening. John chapter 17. John chapter 17. I'm going to talk to you about something tonight that is very, it is very real and it's very sad and at the same time it can be, it is a very difficult thing that we have to deal with as Christians and as God's people. But I think one thing that's very important, you know, when dealing with something like this is, uh, there's a few things I want to show you that I think can maybe help us uh, get through some of these things and have the right attitude about it because it's real easy to uh, let some of these things discourage you and uh, sometimes even defeat you if you're not careful. And it's something that what we're facing today really has been going on uh, since the time of Christ. And it's going to go on until He returns. And that is simply the world's hatred of God, God's Word, and God's people. And when we talk about the world today, you know, we're, we're, or any time we talk about the world, we're not really talking about planet Earth. And we're, well, really, what we're talking about is just uh, the way people, the way people think. You know, the sinful man, just the world in general, what uh, what the majority does in America. We're always talking about you know majorities and everything. And you know, well, if the majority thinks this, then that should be right. You know, if we can get a state to you know, vote in favor of legalizing gay marriage, then it must be okay. It must be right. And you know, I don't care if a majority votes for that. It's still flat out wrong. And uh, boy, I'll tell you this week when our president, you know, announced that he was in favor of gay marriage, and I was listening to a video or an audio montage of all these reporters, how they were all they all kept saying, you know, President Obama has completed his evolution. And, you know, he's finally, you know, he's, you know, in with the 21st century and he's finally now, and it's like, like he's now reached this level that they were all at because he thinks that way. And I thought, man, if you ask me, he just, you know, de-evoluted or whatever you want to call it. He just took a step the wrong way. And, uh, when people like us come along and say things that are opposite to what the world is pushing, because, but really, when it comes to homosexuality, I mean, it's it's really such a small percentage of our people. You know, it's the reason what they're really trying to push is just immorality in general. You know, there was a time when, uh, you know, if uh, a couple was you know living together outside of marriage or had, were having children outside of marriage, it was very frowned upon. It was something it was looked on as a sin and is wrong and. People felt terrible about it, you know, because of maybe the pressure they got from other people, and they didn't like that. And so, you know, they've all for a long time now they've been trying to make us more and more accepting of these things. And the more of that junk they can get us to accept, well, then just a couple shacking up is not going to seem like a big deal. You know, if we've got, you know, you know, homosexuality running rampant and all that other stuff, then nobody's going to even care about those other situations. And it's a way to make people feel better about themselves. And uh, and those of us who have, you know, are trying to stay true to the Bible and follow what God teaches, it a lot of times creates uh, what can be a, sub, uh, a real hostility or even a hatred. But I want us to read a passage here in John chapter 17. Jesus here is praying. Jesus is praying to God. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And listen to what He says in verse 14. This is part of Jesus' prayer. He says, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, 
even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, talking about His disciples, but for them also which shall believe on Me through their word. That's talking about us. Jesus, If you're saved today, Jesus Christ was praying for you right here in verse 20. And then verse 21, "...that they all may be one, as Thou, Father, art in Me, and I in Thee, that they also may be one in us." that the world may believe that Thou hast sent Me. And the glory which Thou gavest Me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and Thou in Me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that Thou hast sent Me, and hast loved them, as Thou hast loved Me. Boy, there are so many great things in this passage. I hope I can talk about all of them that I'm wanting to tonight. But I mean, Jesus said so many great things in this passage. But one thing I want to notice is the first thing I want you to notice is that hatred of God's people is not really a hatred of God, or it's not a hatred of us, it's a hatred of God. That's really who they hate. Notice how he says, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them. This is not, you know, they get they get mad when we start preaching this book. When they start quoting this book, and you know what they like to do? They like to attack the Christians. You know why? Because God has given us His word, and they have hated us. Jesus said that's happened. Even His own disciples, all He and His followers that He had on earth at that time, the Jewish people, they they hated them. They hated them, and all Jesus had done. And all those disciples had done was went and preached what Jesus wanted them to preach. They went and preached the Word of God. And it brought about a hatred. And one thing that we need to do is understand that hatred of God's people is a, it's a hatred of God. John chapter 15, verse 17, it says, These things I command you that ye love one another. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own, but because ye are not of the world, because but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. Notice what Jesus said there. He said, they hated me before they hated you. The truth is, people don't really hate us. They hate who we represent. And that's the truth. Did you know the most hated people on the world are those who represent the biggest causes? I mean, if you want to be hated, then you go and represent something that's big. I mean, what, you know, on the right side or wrong side, you're going to have all kinds of people hating you. I mean, you think about our president now that we have. He's got a lot of people that hate him. And the truth is, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. While I'm not, I do not 
appreciate our president's policies and what he's doing. At the same time, I've got to admit, he's somewhat, seems like a pretty likable guy. You know, the fact is, if the guy wasn't the president of the United States, and if it wasn't for where he stood, I think I could probably get along with him real well. And the truth is, I don't hate him, but I strongly dislike what he represents. I strongly dislike what he stands for. And the truth is, I don't think most people hate the individual, though I'm sure there are some that do. I hate what he stands for. Same thing with our previous president, President Bush. I mean, he had a lot of people that hated him. Boy, they they hated him a lot. I mean, they, they hated everything about the man. But the truth is, it wasn't so much. He was a likable guy too. I mean, I, maybe it's just me. I love Southern people. I like people from Texas. They're likable people. He was a likable person. He had a good personality and everything. But people couldn't stand what he stood for. They couldn't stand what he represented. And it caused people to hate them. And especially when you're the president. I mean, you are the most powerful man in the world. And so guess what? You're going to have a lot of people hating you. You want to have people hate you, you go stand for something. And there's always going to be people on the opposite side. And they are going to go after you with all they got. And the truth is, it's not that they hate you. It's they hate what you represent. And we want to be careful not to take it too personal. And we need to make sure as Christians that we're careful not to hate individuals. Okay, It's okay to hate if they represent something that's sinful. It's okay for us to hate sin. That's okay. You can hate sin all you want and you should hate sin. Job, he was a man that feared God and eschewed evil or hated evil. I mean, he hated it. That's good. That's okay, but we shouldn't hate individuals. I shouldn't hate our president. I shouldn't hate our politicians. I shouldn't hate those people. I shouldn't hate the homosexuals. I shouldn't hate, I shouldn't hate anybody. The only one I'm allowed to hate is the devil. And I hate him. I hate him a lot. And I'm going to keep on hating them. But people, we don't need to hate them. We need to hate what they represent. And also the truth is, a lot of times we get to feeling sorry for ourselves and feeling like victims and everything. And let me tell you, I mean, it, that's easy to do. Especially, boy, when you know in church sometime you're doing something for God. But really, when you stop and think about it. Now, and I, I, I tell this to people all the time, and it will sometimes make them mad. But I, I hope you will... Under, uh, get the point here. A lot of times I'll tell people when they're talking about how everybody hates them is I'll make a comment like, you know, you're not worth hating. It's like almost kind of insulting. <laughs> you're not worth hating. What do you mean I'm not worth hating? It's like, no, you're, you're, not, you're not worth hating. You know, really, I mean, when you stop and think about it, I mean, for, uh, what I'll tell them is like, I mean, do you honestly think that that individual that you're talking about spends that much time thinking about you. It's like, don't pat yourself on the back like that. They probably don't give you a second thought. (laughs) They may maybe think about you once a week or when they see you. Don't flatter yourself. It's just you think all the time about what they said to you. I've given this example. You know, somebody comes, especially to a lady, and they say, you know what? I don't really like your outfit. Now, chances are if somebody's dumb enough to say that to a lady... Chances are they didn't even think about it. They looked at the outfit. First thing that entered their mind, I don't like that outfit, and it came out their mouth. Okay, there's some people like that. They don't really think about what they say. Just whatever pops in their head, it comes out their mouth, and then they forget about it. But here the thing is, that poor lady that had that said to them, they're going to think about it all week. <laughs> they're going to think that person said they don't like my outfit. That person. 
they don't like me. They hate me. They hate everything I wear. They think I'm ugly. They think I'm... I mean, it, it, that person... And, and all week they dwell on it. And all week they think about it. And the truth is that person wasn't even thinking. How many times have we said things like that? Maybe, but maybe we were smart enough to keep it to ourselves. How many, I mean, how many times have you looked at what somebody was wearing and thought, that's ugly? Did it mean you hated the person? Absolutely not. I mean, just because you don't like somebody's outfit doesn't mean you don't like them. But we take it that way because we think about it so much. And people get so consumed with that. I mean, it really can drive them crazy. And at the same time, that's why we need to be careful what we say to other people. Because what is maybe just an idle word to us can destroy their week. And maybe even sometimes make somebody never want to come back to church again. Because you know, everybody in that church there thinks I'm ugly. Everybody in that church there doesn't like my outfit. And the truth is, one big mouth just said something that they shouldn't have said. And if you, if you think about it like that, it can really help you get through it sometimes. Because you know, I've had stuff said to me, and a lot of times if I'm honest and I think about it, it's like, you know, I've, I've thought worse. And you know what? I might have even said worse. And, it, and really, what makes it even worse is if somebody doesn't even say it to your face, but they tell somebody else. And then they come to you and say, hey, do you know what this person said about you? They're telling everybody in the church that they don't like my outfit. <laughs> and maybe they just let it slip to that one person. And, I mean, it's crazy. That's like our, our news media. You know, I, I believe that every single person in the news media today, they were that person, they were that one person in the school that they weren't the ones that caused trouble, but they were always in the middle of it. You know, maybe somebody said something about one of the other kids in the school, and then they went, Hey, did you hear what they said about you? <gasps> well, I'll say this about, they say something about them, and then they go back and tell, Hey, this person said this about you. And that's what they do in the media all the time. They're always going and talking about some controversial things somebody said that was offensive. Okay, well, if it was offensive, why don't you just be quiet about it instead of spreading it all around? Nobody even cared about it until you brought it up and started talking about it. And, but that's what they, that's what they do. And, I, I, and they cause a lot of stuff and there's a lot of hatred and a lot of uh, fighting that's going on. And the truth is, most of the stuff that people are getting fired about, most of us, the truth is, we're not really worth hating. And we, a lot, and there's some people today, you know, or to be hated, you have to represent an opposing view to somebody. You've actually got to be working against them. You know, many Christian people or people who call themselves Christian today are doing absolutely nothing to make a difference. They're not taking a stand in any area. They just go along on their way and they're just like the rest of the world. And yet they still have this attitude like the whole world hates me because I'm a Christian. My question is why? Where have you taken a stand? You know, what have you done that's different? You act just like the rest of them. You talk, you cuss just like the rest of them. I mean, really, where are you any different? Nobody hates you, and uh, you're you're not worth hating. But if you do represent something that opposes them, if you do take a stand, then you you'll be worth hating. And then, if you want to pat yourself on the back for it, go ahead. But Christians who have never taken a stand, they don't have a problem with these things. But Jesus Christ, clearly, when He came to this world, He was a lot different. He said, "Ye know," or He said, "If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. Before we ever came along, before God saved you, the world already hated Christians. They hated Jesus." And he says, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. If we were like them, they would love us. But he hasn't called us to be like them. He's called us to be like him. 
And if they hated him, and we are like him, they're going to hate us. He's telling it's this. You need to understand that this is what's going to happen, and we got to be careful not to take it too personal. That this isn't a problem with Tommy McMurtry. This isn't because they have a problem with Tommy McMurtry. They they have a problem with God. And I'm not trying to say that we're God or lift ourselves up, but that's what the Bible says. That it's because of Him we are hated for His sake. Because they hate him, and also, and most people today, they would never admit. They would never come out and say, "I hate God." You'll you'll rarely hear people say that. Every once in a while, you will. I was knocking on doors here in town one day with another guy, and I knocked on the door, and this pale white kid looked like a vampire or something. I think it was one of them gothic kids. He like comes to the door. And says, I mean, just looked like he just woke up. It was the middle of the day too. I think he might have been a vampire. He kind of climbed out of his coffin and <laughs> came to the door. And he's just a scary looking individual. And he comes to the door and I say, Hey, I'm Pastor Big Merch from Liberty Baptist Church. And we'd just like to invite you to the church. And he's like, I'm sorry, but I'm a sworn enemy to Christianity. <laughs> and then closed the door. And the guy that was with me, he looked at me and said, Looks like he's losing the battle. <laughs> he didn't look too good, and there's not, you know, and he's a rare exception. There's there's not that many people like that that will come out and admit that they are a sworn enemy to Christianity. But uh, there are there are most people won't say they hate God. But the truth is, hatred of God is really hatred of the Word of God. John one one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it's our obedience to God through His Word that causes the hatred. John chapter 3 and verse 20 says, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. The truth is, you can go and for the, and unfortunately this number is changing all the time, the percentage I guess, but I would still say a majority of the people, if we were to go knock on doors in this community, I imagine probably way more than half of the people, if you went to them and said, do you love God? They would say, I love God. But, we can all say we love God, and we can, but then if we were to ask them questions about God, oh, who do you believe that God is? Well, they might, we might get a bunch of different answers. Uh, you know, what do you believe that God expects? You know, they, you might, you're, you're going to get a whole big variety of answers. How do you think we need? How do you think we can be saved? I mean, you're going to get all these different things. And the truth is, is pretty much everybody will say that they love God. But where you really find out if they do or not is based on how they respond to His Word. Because anybody can say, I love God, I follow God. But then, but where we can finally, where we, we can really challenge them and find out if it's actually true is by seeing how they respond to His Word. And we talked last Sunday about how there's an attack on the Word of God, how people are trying to change it because they don't like what it says. And it says, Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Right here, this this Bible, it proves what's right and what's wrong. We can prove it to them. We can take this Bible, we can take the Word of God and say, okay, well you say you love God, but it also says... If you if you love me, keep my commandments. So we know that if somebody really does love God, they're going to be following His word. They're going to be doing what the Bible says to do. And if you can show them all these commandments that they're breaking, 
you're proving that they don't really love God. And guess what? It's not going to be pretty when you do that. That's why a lot of people don't want to come to Bible preaching churches like this one because their deeds will be reproved. They will not be able to continue to trick other people and trick themselves into believing that their lifestyle is okay because the Word of God is going to shine a light on their sin. And it's they're not going to like what they see. And it's going to call, and that's why people hate the Word of God. That's why they don't, they don't like what it says and they, want, they don't want to hear it. That's why so many churches today, you can go into them and they will barely even open the Bible. I mean, even in some of these churches, they have all these goofy Bibles that say whatever they want. They rarely will even, I mean, they'll maybe use a couple of verses. They'll have a verse come up on a screen. People don't even bother bringing their Bibles to those churches. They don't say, hey, open them. They don't, you're not going to get very many verses from those places. You listen to some of these television preachers and listen to how often they quote the Bible. Very rare. Because there's not a lot of Bible to back up what they're doing. It's going to expose some things. And really, the hate, that's why people hate the Word of God. Hatred of God, it's a hatred of the Word of God. And we represent God to the world when we obey them. And the truth is, obedience is how we let our light shine. You remember back when we were doing the House on the Rock series, we talked a lot about this, but it says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When God saved you, did all of a sudden you go to a mirror and there was this glow about you? Were you able to walk out in the dark now and you didn't need a flashlight anymore because you were shining? Did that happen to anybody? It didn't happen to me. What's it talking about there? The way our light shines is by our works that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When we put into practice what the Bible says, that's when our light shines. When we actually do something about it. When you put it to work, that's how we let our light shine. Through obedience. Obedience is how we salt the earth. Verse 13 it says, Ye are the salt of the earth. The way that we make this world better is by doing the things that Jesus taught us to do. When we do those things, you're going to make your, this world a better place. You're going to make your community or your school or your job, you're going to make it a better place. But there's going to be people that are opposing what you represent and they're not going to like it. But it's what God has commanded and it's how we are going to make a difference. By obedience. Obedience to God's Word. Not obedience to what the consensus says or what the majority says Christians ought to do. And it's amazing some of the verses that people quote me that I've read through this Bible several times and they're not in there. You know, you ever heard statements, you know, like, you know, we're all God's children? Somebody show me that in the Bible? I've seen the Bible where we're not all God's children. Those who are lost. I mean, there's, there's children of the devil. There's children of this world. And there's children of God. We're not, we're all His creation. But we're not all His children. 
But people say that all the time, and it just it aggravates me. Like, will, will you please take a Bible and show me where that's at? I've been looking for that for years, and I can't find it. And maybe in one of theirs, they got somebody threw it in there. But you hear a lot of things like that. That's not it's not there. But we represent the Word of God when we obey it. John seventeen, verse fourteen. I have to turn them around and read this verse to you. I've got way too many verses tonight. I probably probably shouldn't be going to all of them. Uh, I didn't write that one down. Let me turn over to John seventeen fourteen. It says, And I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So it says, I've given them thy word, and the world hath hated them. They don't the only way the world is not gonna like the Bible is when we put it into practice. Because you know they're not going to pick it up and read what it says. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to look at it. They're not going to go buy a Bible. The only Bible that some people are ever going to see is in your life. With with what you do. And when you do those things, they're not going they're not going to like it because they don't like the Word of God. They don't want to see you living right. That's one of the reasons immorality and stuff is promoted so much. They don't want to see a young man and a young woman who's who's been pure their entire lives go and make those sacred vows in front of all those in front of God and all those witnesses. They don't want to see that because it reminds them of what we all should do. That our, that our purity is important. You know, they I mean, the, that white dress. I mean, it represents something. All those things in the wedding ceremony they represent something, and the world has taken that and they've totally distorted it. And any, anybody will wear a white dress if she wants to, and it represents something that's not right. And they don't want to see anybody doing it the right way because it shines a light on them. It's an example of the Word of God, and they don't want to see it. But when we obey the Word of God. We get closer to God. John seventeen seventeen says, "Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy word is truth." When we obey God, we get closer. And a Christian drawing closer to God, it can be an offense sometimes to friends and even family. We don't have time to go there, but Luke chapter nine verse fifty seven through sixty two, it talks a lot about that. Even family sometimes, boy, it'll they'll get mad at you if you do right. They don't want to see it. They don't want. They don't want to hear about it. It upsets them very much, and it's sad that that happens. But notice how it says in verse fifteen of John chapter seventeen. He says, "I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of this world." You know, there's a reason that when you got saved, Jesus didn't just boom take you to heaven right then and there. There's a good reason for that. Because we needed to show people the difference. We needed to show them an example. We needed to be the word we needed to represent the word of God for them. And notice how Jesus said um, in verse four at the end of verse fourteen, he says, I am not of the world. Remember, Jesus, he came to this earth. He didn't belong here. Jesus Christ, he me, he came from heaven, but he came here left the pleasures of heaven so He could come and fulfill the Word of God. Nobody had ever completely obeyed that Old Testament law. But Jesus Christ came and He did it. 
He fulfilled the law. He he came as that final sacrifice. He died on that cross. He rose from the dead. He did all those things. And He did that willingly, even though He was not of this world. And as Christians, we need to remember that just like Jesus, He knew that this isn't where He belonged. We need to realize that this world is not... This is not where I belong. This is not my home. We sang that song this morning. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. We're just we're temp, we're pilgrims. The Bible says we're strangers. I mean, we're we're wanderers. We're kind of like I hate to use this example, but maybe we're like that hitchhiker that you see on the road that they just kind of wander through. You know, really don't have a home, are just kind of wandering aimlessly about. But that we're kind of like that. We're on this world, but it's just kind of a temporary thing. We're heading to a place that's a whole lot better. But while we're here, we're here because God wants us to do all we can to get more people on the way to heaven, to get people to follow us. But when we do that, we've got to remember we're always going to be the minority. We're always going to be the minority. But that doesn't mean we should give up. It doesn't mean we should stop. We need to keep on going. And He said... I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. God said, I don't want you to take them out of the world. I want you to keep them there. But Lord, I ask that you protect them from evil. Just because we're here on this earth now does not mean, and because we're among the world, it doesn't mean we're supposed to live like them. It doesn't mean we should act like them or do all the things that they do. God said, Lord, I want you to hear Jesus pray, and he said, Lord, I want you to keep them here. And I know, you know, Jesus, I think there's a part of him that would like for us to be in heaven with him right now. But he knows that we, he needs us here to recruit more people. And he asked God in this prayer, he said, Lord, I want you to keep him here. I'm not asking you to take him out of the world. And there is coming a day where he is going to take us out of the world. But he said, Lord, I want you to keep them from evil. He doesn't want us getting corrupted with the things of this earth. He doesn't want us being caught up in those things. He wants us separated from those things. But at the same time, he wants, he doesn't want us to go and find a community somewhere where we can all go live by ourselves and never interact with any other people. You know, I mean, you know, brother Menez, you work in a factory. I imagine there's a whole bunch of lost people there. And you know what? That's probably exactly where God wants you. You know, kids, you go to a public school, find out a whole lot of Christians there, but guess what? You're the ones that are going to have to make the difference there. And God, God wants you there in your neighborhood, in your, in your neighbors. You're the one, my, you know, my family, we're the ones, God's put us there on purpose. He doesn't, He didn't, you know, I want to live in the country. I want to live in the country in the worst way. I'd love it if I didn't have any neighbors. The Lord hasn't blessed me with that yet. But he, maybe He wants me around neighbors right now. Maybe He wants me to win them to Christ. Maybe He wants me to be a witness to them. I don't know. He, we, uh, we don't go all go shopping at our own stores that are only for Christians and eat at our own restaurants that are only for Christians. We are around lost people every day and that's exactly what God wants. Not so we can be like them, but so we can show them the difference. So we can be a light to them. And it can be difficult. And you might think that we live in a world that's full of people who are different, but the simple fact is they're just uh, they are all just the same as we are in some ways, living their lives from day to day. And they're, but one thing that's different from them, hopefully that's different from us, is they're still trying to fulfill that lust of the flesh. 
And remember, we were all there at one time. And one thing that we do have in common with them is that we are all sinners. And we need to show them that there is a way to get forgiveness of that sins. That there is a way to be cleansed. And we live in a country today that is supposedly all about diversity. Every group seems to be respected except for one, and that's fundamental Christians. We're all, you know, they're always sticking up for everybody. The stinking ACLU, uh, they, they were, uh, American Civil Liberties Union, they've been there sticking up for those people who were involved in the 9-11 attacks. Making sure that they're treated right and that we treat them fair. And one of the, I don't know if you all heard about this, but one of the guys that are on trial for the 9-11 attacks, he, his lawyer, she showed up in the court wearing the head thing, the burqa, whatever, and she was demanding that the court have all the women there wear those because it was offensive to her client to see women without having their head covered. And that because that's against their religion. And we need to respect their religion. And I thought, are you kidding me? That is that guy's religion is what made him them fly those planes into the building. What made them attack our country. And we've got to respect that. We've got to have all our women wear those things just so we don't offend them. I say who cares? I say, who cares? They they can deal with it. They don't have. I mean, but it's sad. But we got everybody. You know, we got to make sure we don't ever offend anybody. But when it comes to fundamental Christians, who cares? You know, they jump all over our case, and really, that attitude is the same attitude that Haman had. You may remember Haman. I'm not going to take time to read all of it, but you remember he was in the book of Esther, and Esther hated the Jews. He hated them. He wanted to see all of them killed. Haman, he was like another Hitler during that time. And it says in Esther 3, verse 8, And Haman said unto the king of Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's profit to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed, and I will pay ten thousand talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it unto Haman, the son of Hamaditha, the Agagite, the Jew's enemy. And the king said unto Haman, The silver is given unto thee, the people also to do with them as it seemeth good to thee. Notice what he said about the Jews. All he can really say about the word is that their laws are diverse from all people. Now, notice how everybody was okay except the one true religion of that time. The Jews. God's people. Everybody else was accepted. But they were different from everybody else. And that's why Haman hated them. And the truth is, we talk all the time about diversity, but the truth is, when it comes to the world, all the different cultures, they're not that much different. They're not. We might look different, have different cultural things and holidays and stuff, but the truth is, there's not that much different. The one group that really truly is different are the true Christians. And that's why they hate us. Because it's not about diversity. Because if it was, they would celebrate us more than anybody because we are the most different. But they hate us. And it's not that they hate us. It's they hate God. They hate... His Word. And as a result, sometimes 
they're going to hate God's people. And listen, I don't, I'm not one of these Christians. Some Christians, it's like they try to be hated. It's like they try to pick fights and try to cause trouble. I'm not saying we ought to do that. I don't, there's nothing wrong with being a likable person. There's nothing wrong with you know, being nice. But the truth is, we're going to come in contact with people who do represent evil and that are promoting evil. And they're going to fight us. They're going to hate us. There's a lot of people out there that are just kind of neutral. They don't really care. And those are the ones that we need to go after. Those are the ones that we need to try to reach. But the way, but in doing that, we're going to kind of put ourselves in the line, on the line every once in a while. I read a statement one time that says, the easiest way to keep from being hated is to do nothing, be nothing, stand for nothing, and you won't have any enemies. But let me tell you, you stand for something. You mean you you do something. You're going to be criticized. I don't care what it is. You can go. I mean, you know, you can. You know, they, they, have you ever heard the statement "No good deed goes unpunished"? And I know that that sounds terrible and it's kind of cynical and everything, but it's true. You go and you try to do some good thing, and somebody's going to criticize you. Somebody's going to find a problem with it. Somebody's going to hate you for it. I mean, it, it never fails. And people, boy, it, it get discouraged from that. Sometimes maybe in church, you know, they'll go, I mean, if you volunteer to do something, I mean, the bigger it is, the more grief you're probably going to get for it. <laughs> and it's just, you know, the devil doesn't want to see you do anything. And he's got plenty of followers out there that are always ready and willing to run their mouth at the wrong time and they will do it for sure. And you know what? I what I try to do, I'm not always 100%, but whenever somebody runs their mouth to me about what I'm doing wrong, one of the things that I try to do is say, you know what? It's not them. That's the devil. And if the devil is taking the time to get one of his followers to come and run their mouth to me, that must tell me he doesn't like what I'm doing. Which must mean I'm doing the right thing. Sometimes, you know, Jesus said, and I know this is a, this is a tough one, but it's, it does say, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which are before you. This has been going on since the beginning of time. It went, if, if they hated Jesus, so the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they hated him, what makes us think they're not going to? There's not going to be those that hate us. I, th- I think it is. It's naive to think otherwise. And like I said, the goal is not to be hated. I don't like being hated. I don't like having people not like me or be mean to me. I, I don't like that. But I think it's important that we understand exactly what it is. And if we do, it'll help us not to hate them back. It'll help us not to have the wrong attitude about it. And but also, it ought to be a reminder to us that you know we're going to have a reward that's great in heaven. And our and we are as Christians, we are truly the minority. We are truly the one that are diverse from everyone else. And you know what? One thing I think that makes that obvious is there is no other God being attacked in our country today like the true God. Think about it. I mean, if somebody draws a picture of Muhammad or Allah, our news media throws a fit 
Our politicians will speak out against it. But people can blaspheme the name of God every day and nobody cares. They can do it on television. They can do it. Our politicians will do it. Our news media will do it. And nobody cares. And the truth is, because our God is different than all other gods. There's no other God that can bring conviction of sin. There's no other God that the devil and his demons fear. There's no other God that can make a difference in the hearts and lives of people. There's no other God that can save anyone from hell. And the truth is that all other gods are on the same side. Yes, there have been wars between Muslims and Catholics. False religion, fighting false religion. But don't let that fool you. The devil has had those battles being fought just so he could get both sides in hell even faster. There's only one God that the devil fears or fights, and that's the Lord God that we serve. So to sum it all up, why does the world hate us? It's because we're different. John 17.14 I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. The world hates the fact that we have something that they don't. We have heaven, eternal life. All they have is this world. That's it. And if you're really saved and obedient to God's Word, there's no way to get the world to love you. The world can only love their own. John 15.19 Jesus said, uh, Jesus said, If ye were of the world, the world would love His own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Understand that individuals are not the world. You may be successful in getting a lost person to like you even when you're right with God. But this is not uh, this is God using you to draw them to Him through His Word. There are going to be some lost people that will like you. If you're liked by some lost people, don't think you're not doing your job. God may be using you right now because God wants to win them. God wants them to get saved too. And the Holy Spirit may be doing a work in their life. But this is the true test of whether we love our families or ourselves. A person who loves their family will tell them the truth and be obedient to God sacrificing an earthly relationship trying to avoid eternal separation. I love my family, but I'm not going to quit being a witness to them because I love them so much that I would rather maybe put our relationship on the earth on the line so I can have a chance of being with them for eternity in heaven. If I wanted, I could compromise and I could get them to like me on this earth and we could have maybe have a great relationship while we're here on earth. But if they die and go to hell, what good was it? And a person who loves themselves is going to try to please their family and be disobedient to God, sacrificing eternal life together for an earthly relationship. Some people, it's not that they love their family. The reason that they compromise is that they love themselves and they don't want to be disliked by their family. But nobody's fooled in this situation. If you disobey God, it's not because you love your family, it's because you love yourself. Remember, once again, the goal is not to get people to hate you. Nor is the goal to get people to love you. The goal is to be obedient to God and His Word. This will bring about earthly hatred for some, but it will also bring eternal love from others. You think about the person that led you to Christ. You're going to have a tough time hating that person. You're going to have a tough time not have, letting them be your friend anymore. That, that's special when somebody does that for you. And really, the truth is, you want to really get a good, strong bond with somebody. I mean, you love them, be a light to them, you see them get saved, and it'll be hard to mess up that friendship. And the truth is, you'll be friends for all eternity in heaven. And they'll love you for telling them the truth. 
forever. So let's stand together tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed.